Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Tumbling Saber Podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. Welcome back, everybody. Carlos is not with us this week. He is uh, successfully completing a big move in a Montreal heat wave, and that's no small feat. Uh, so we're glad that that's out of the way. Carlos, especially glad that that's out of the way. And uh... Unacceptable. Maybe a... <laughs> severely reprimanded negative negative uh no so that's done um he doesn't have his wi-fi set up he's got nothing set up he's all in boxes exhausted all that stuff uh but he'll hopefully be back next week to talk about more star wars but for this week you get the one-two punch of the brother act uh cory what's going on man what's going on you jerk hey i have feelings too shut up <laughs> <laughs> Oh, another great uh, start. Yeah, just, uh, I guess it was, it was a beautiful weekend. I mean, summer's in full swing. Unfortunately, it feels like, you know, it's kind of probably going to be a bit of a write-off this year. It's just passing so quick. Our, our time here, where we're geographically located, it's just our, our time with summer is quite short. And uh, yeah, it's just flying by like every other year. But, you know, it just sucks. And we're not able to really partake in a lot of the things we are accustomed to during the summer, which kind of sucks, you know. Big time, but, uh, yeah, big time, man. It's it's well, we had uh, Canada Day last week, which wasn't much celebrating going on then. Uh, it's it's obviously you know, twenty twenty is going to be an exceptional year for a lot of reasons, not all of them very good. Well, granted, I'm kind of been tied down a bit with the baby, you know what I mean. So I mean, that's kind of been keeping us busy in the least we'll say that uh but you know just not be able to do a lot of extra curricular stuff like you had said the fireworks and stuff it's kind of uh, a little disappointing what about but, you know, camp- are, are you the- uh are you planning on camping this year because i know the campgrounds are kind of in a state of flux right now yeah i i would I, i'd like to to be honest but i mean i all my camping gear every little bit of my camp like camping gear like if you're going to go camping, you got to be properly prepared and it's, you need a lot of stuff and I have all that stuff. It's just currently in storage. So mm, that's yeah. a problem. Well, I mean, it depends on what problem. you do, right? Like if you go for, if you go for one night, which is, I know is a pain, but if you go for one night, just you and your son, you know, your older son, obviously if in a, in a two person tent, that's all you really need. Change of clothes. True. I mean, I'm going to figure something out. Like, it's going to happen at least once this summer, even if, you know, I'm going to talk to our good buddy, the Space Ninja, and maybe just, <laughs> he's got about, I don't know, like a million acres or something like that. So just go camp in his forest. Yeah, that that is always a possibility. I think I, I think I floated that idea to him. I'm taking ownership of that idea. I'm taking ownership of more than one thing in this podcast tonight and tell you that right now. Shut up! <laughs> Again! <laughs> Again, I wasn't finished. <laughs> anyway, I got, I got one more week left till vacation, which is pretty sweet. You know, I haven't had any time off in quite some time. You know, I'm gonna have what nice week off. I'm gonna go up north. So uh, that should be nice. Cool. Yeah, it was uh, again. He's like, like I said, a gorgeous weekend. Uh, I I spent it at, some of it at the in-laws, which was okay. I hate driving home super late now. I'm, I just can't do it. I hate driving home late at night. I feel you, man. To be honest, I, I've made kind of a conscious change in my sleep habits lately. Like, you know, the past, I don't know, 20 years, <laughs> I've, I go to bed at like midnight. Midnight, sometimes even stretch it beyond that. 
and you know, I've made a conscious effort to kind of rectify that and go back to bed like around ten thirty, eleven. You know, like normal, like, oh, like, like a normal tired. person. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, I was uh, like, I won't be able to sleep, and yeah, I've been, yeah, I'm falling asleep, same same as usual. So, I just find now when it gets to around that hour, like I'm a lot more tired than I used to be. You know what I mean? Like it's like I grew accustomed to it quite qu- quickly. <laughs> yeah. Cause you're falling. It's a, yeah. It's a more regular sleep rhythm. That's, that's when you're supposed to go to bed. That's weird. Like, yeah. Ugh, sleep. <laughs> anyway. Um, so th- this, this is my first star Wars, star Wars related note for this week. I, I had teased this a couple weeks ago information that i've been tracking since may the 4th and it's it's the number of times that we've watched each star wars film in this house since that day the the, may the 4th weekend so here are the results it's you tell me if you find it interesting shocking um okay here here it goes phantom menace has been watched four times since may the 4th attack of the clones three times revenge of the sith got its fourth viewing today into the original trilogy, A New Hope has been watched once. Empire Strikes Back has been watched three times. Uh, Return of the Jedi, four times. Then into the sequels, TFA twice. The Last Jedi, Goose Egg. And Rise of Skywalker, once. And then finally, with the, the standalones, Rogue One, once. Solo, once. So that's 24 total viewings. And... 11 of them prequels, 8 of them in the OT, 3 in the sequels, 2 of the standalones. The math on that checks out. Yeah, math on that's right. Uh, so what do you think, man? And just to, just to be clear, um, I, I let the kids pick the movie. I Except for one viewing of, of Empire on the, on the 40th, like during the week of the 40th, I just said, if, if they say they want to watch a Star Wars movie, I'm like, you guys pick. And they do the choosing. So, what do you do? You find anything remarkable about this? I find it remarkable that you've watched that many Star Wars movies in that amount of time. Oh, we've yeah, like, we've been pretty hard on Star Wars. My wife's getting a little fed up of it, to be honest with you. She's like, "Can we uh, watch something else?" <laughs> oh, I'm just boy. like, "Hey, man, it's the kid's choice. I mean, who am I to say no?" <laughs> you've you've brainwashed them well. But yeah, I don't know the the prequels. Coming up in first place there, so that's kind of interesting. Attack of the Clones at three was kind of interesting. It doesn't really surprise me. At the same time, your kids are kind of young. The OT not getting all that much love. I mean, well, A New Hope, no surprise. Return of the Jedi got the most there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, no surprise again, even though The Last Jedi is one of the best Star Wars films ever made. Goose Egg, like you said. But their kids, kind of, I guess it's a bit more of a heavy film. It's very dense, right? Like that. I was, I, I've been kind of waiting and hoping it's that they'll choose parts it once. Too. Well, it's the longest movie, and there are moments where it drags for sure. Or, or at least, if I was a kid, I would consider yeah. this movie dragging. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, but it's it's you know, it's a very dense film in a lot of ways, and uh, it's it it, it it did hurt me. I won't lie, it, it did hurt me a little bit that they didn't pick it out of twenty four viewings. But I, I I do think it speaks to the movie. Just not being that kid friendly. It really, I, it's really not. And in a franchise that is ostensibly for kids, that's a strike. That's a strike against the movie. Boy. 
Well, actually, it's funny. My daughter was talking about Broom Boy today. She's like, remember that kid at the end of, uh, what's it called? She didn't remember the name of the movie. Last Jedi. Yeah, Last Jedi. I, how come he wasn't in, in Rise of Skywalker? And I was like, well, he's just more of a, a symbol that Luke sparked hope across the galaxy again. He wasn't really ever supposed to be a character that we re- revisited. And she's like, oh, okay. But it's it just, I thought it was uh, revealing to a mindset of a kid that gravitated to another kid. Of course, yeah. She's, you know, she, she's thinking of the kid in that movie. But uh, yeah, it's and I'm saying it's not a very kid friendly kid friendly movie, <laughs> but it ends on this very uplifting note with a kid at the center of it. But yeah, uh, I I can't say that I'm shocked at this. Like, the prequels are very very kid friendly. They're full of action. They're eye candy. I, I pod race charger. Lots of lightsaber action, lots of blasters, big explosions, bombastic movies across the board. These are the movies that my son specifically gravitates to. Um, my daughter is just more go with the flow. She, you know, when I edit these 24 viewings, I'd say Carter probably drove the bus on 20 of them. <laughs> so this yeah, is, well, this I mean, is really you, you guys are just come. You're also, you know, got to take in different variables in the consideration here. Oh, this is by no means a scientific poll. This is just, you know. No, but you're just like, in my opinion, like you're, you're kind of just coming off that high of the Clone Wars, right? You know what's interesting is that they never choose to watch the Clone Wars. Like if, I, if I'm like, okay, guys, let's, let's you know, pick something off Disney Plus and they'll say, oh, I, want to, I want to watch a Star Wars movie. I'm like, you know, you have a hundred and something Clone Wars episodes to watch. And they're like, nope. And they just want to go to the movie. All the time, I have to, I have to like push them to Clone Wars, and they don't want to hear about Rebels. They like it; they were fine with it, but they don't care. We never finished Resistance; they don't care. They just want wow. to go to the movies, which is fine by me. I'm glad to spend time with the flagships, but uh, yeah, well, they're... I'd say the, the same with well. My son still says he wants to watch Resistance, but he shows really no interest. No, I was like, we, you know, weekly we'd sit down and watch Resistance. Well, it aired Sundays, right? So we would catch up with it later in the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever we could sit down and watch the newest episode. But then there was that break. No, actually, no, we we started watching season two. And then after like four episodes, we fell off and just never came back to it. And frankly, I don't know that anybody in the house has any interest. Like I could easily go back to it. You know, once everybody's asleep and just watch a few episodes per night until I was done, I, I don't care. I, I will someday, but I do not I had feel to any go to that. I, I, I just finished, I think, like not long ago, like a week ago. Uh, yeah, I, I you know, given the choices, like given the stack of comics that I need to get through and the, tr- the pile of books that I want to read you know, and finishing off Resistance, like, Resistance is not winning that battle right now, even though that's the one I can knock out the quickest, I think. Anyway, uh, what's going on with you in Star Wars? I don't know. There's some pretty big news going around this week, you know, with like, I don't know. Did you hear like, you know, all us self-entitled wine bags? We cried loud enough and they're redoing the sequel trilogy. Oh, you hear geez. about that? Uh, yep. No, I, I read that on the interwebs today, bro. Um, yep. I... Disney is just scrapping the entire 
multi-million dollar project. You know what I mean? Like it's a, it's a, it's a mulligan. It's a, it's a redo. There's a reason <laughs> I left that off the show notes. I, I, I read it. It's true. <laughs> and, and supposedly John Favreau is heading up the whole thing. So, you know, we're in good hands, right? I mean, it's a very brave and bold decision, Kyle. I would, <laughs> uh, God, I don't even, I don't even want to address this. It's, such absurd nonsense that I don't even want to give it oxygen, Corey. I don't. It's huge. Huge. Oh, my God. Um, well, something else that made the rounds this week, actually, for for real, uh, Brie Larson fired up a YouTube channel last week. And that, oh, the bro flakes on YouTube. Oh, they got mad. Because <laughs> she got more subscribes than they did in, like, what, 12 hours. She busted out in front of them all. <laughs> And I'm 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 all for it. I am here for Bro Flakes getting angry over Brie Larson, just her what just her presence. Like, Jesus Christ. Oh, the, it's, it's, get back, get closer to your mic. You you disappeared there for a sec. But like, uh-huh. anything that makes the gutter section of fandom mad is something that I will cheer for. <laughs> anyway, the, interesting in that video, it's like her first video, twenty minutes or so. Uh, she said that she had auditioned for Star Wars. For Ray? Don't know. I, I I don't know what role she would have been up for. I, if I had to pick, I'd say Kira. She's virtually the same age as Amelia Clark. Similar look. So if I had to pick, I would say Kira. Maybe Ray as well. Although she's a li- she's a couple of years older than Daisy Ridley. Jin, Jin's on the board. Maybe Rose. I, I don't know how the audition process went for any of those characters, but Zori. Zori's another good pick. Uh, Tally Lintra. Oh, that's you know that's a glorified cameo. <laughs> Phasma. <laughs> Probably not. Anyway, yeah, interesting. But it 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 brings up an interesting point because. We've she's talked about loving Star Wars. Um, we've seen images of her holding a lightsaber, and she's got those ties to Kevin Feige, who's doing a Star Wars movie. I don't know if I I, I don't want to say that there's smoke here, that you know that maybe one day we'll see her in a Star Wars movie, which I'd like to see personally, if only again to watch that gutter burst into flames. But what do you think? Do you think that uh, that's a little tease, and that if she has auditioned? There's now that relationship with Lucasfilm, right? Even if it's a small and fleeting one. Oh, definitely, dude. She's Captain Marvel. Get closer to your mic, dude. You're 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 like on the moon. You're gone. Anyhow, yeah, she, she's she's like Captain Marvel, man. Like, of course. Like, I I honestly believe like you don't want to say there's there's smoke, there's fire, or whatever, but I honestly believe that. There is kind of something going on there. Like there's, like I said, there's been a lot of stuff on social media of her posting with lightsabers and talking positively about Star Wars. And uh, yeah, man. I mean, again, there's the relationship there with Disney. It wouldn't surprise me in the least in the future if we saw them working together. Ooh, what if she ends up? So Avar Chris, who is that sort of front and center character on the cover of Charles Soule's novel for the High Republic. I've seen that. There's a lot of speculation surrounding that. Is and there? I hadn't seen that. I've, I've definitely seen people posting like those yeah. two pictures side by side. Hmm. And makes sense. So maybe if, you know, if, if you know, there's some, I don't know if there's a handshake agreement, but it could be that they say, hey, listen, if, if we ever decide to put this on screen, 
this is we have you in mind for this character i'd love that i think that'd be great absolutely great again not only because she's a great actress like, and she is like whatever your feelings are of her um and if you've only seen captain marvel which is not the best performance of all time it's not bad but it's not the greatest performance she has won an academy award for best actress and if you're a crappy actress you don't win that award you don't even get in that conversation so she's got the chops she could carry a movie or a show flat out and so if it happens uh, i will be in line to to offer out virtual high fives like i think it would be a great day for star wars i agree uh cool what else is going on with you in star wars not too much i watched after, solo. After that detour <laughs> i watched solo this week and god I, I don't think i've seen it in like at least over a year you know really yeah so that was kind of fun i just sat there i like turned it on and like everybody was in bed at like 9 30 i was like you know what i think i got time for a movie you know slapped it on and uh yeah it was it was good man i liked it i really enjoyed it it's i really a, felt the ron howard it's a fun fun movie like that's I mean, of all the star wars movies that one to me is like the least dense the least uh it's just the most straight ahead straight arrow action movie caper whatever you want to call it there's there's no frills to this star wars story it's just an action movie you know what's weird too? It it took me a bit to get into it. Like the the first bit, I was like, uh, I was like slowly, slowly. Then I was more and more enthralled. You know? Yeah, for, yeah. I, th- I same with Rogue One for me. Like it really takes me a while to get into either standalone movie. Like it's like they, it takes a, it takes a good bit for them p- to pick up enough steam. Like for me, I think Rogue One, uh, sorry, uh, Solo for me picks up at the 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 conveyx chase yeah that's yeah that's when it starts to get pretty heavy that's when things start to move but i I like the scene at the beginning too though because i'm holding a thermal detonator (laughs) click click she's like no you're not you just made a sound with your mouth would it surprise you that my son loves walking around holding round objects just doing that he just loves walking around the house going and pretending he's holding a thermal detonator. He fa- like one of his balls from one of his toy kit thingies. He asked me if I could make a thermal detonator out of it. He actually he want he made me look online so I could buy him a thermal detonator. But you know you buy the 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 uh, file for 3D printing, um, which he doesn't understand, or you know, shop on Etsy or some something like that for like you know it's like 40 bucks for like a thermal detonator. Like no, I'm not doing that. So I spray painted a ball that he's got from one of his plastic bowling sets or something and then glued a bunch of things to it and he's now he's happy he's got himself a little thermal detonator that he likes to toss around it's awesome that doesn't surprise me (laughs) no that's carter uh cool uh collecting update anything for you just uh just the one i got uh, the batman white knight figure from the uh, mcfarlane multiverse line white knight that's out too oh dude it's sick bro like i ordered it on amazon there but i i expect it to arrive very shortly cool I didn't it's a really that. nice figure it's a check it out he's like very broad batman um he's got the small tip 
ears, you know? Oh, yeah. Okay. I just Googled it. Yeah, I've seen that one. It's a nice one. I love the bat symbol. It's a very nice suit. It looks like a nice figure. And like I said, I've been going a bit bat crazy, man. You know, and batsy. So I've also been – I haven't buy anything, but I've been eyeing a lot of that stuff from the 1989 line. Like the vent is like there the, the whole rumor with no, no, they're they're still. You'd be surprised; they're actually reasonably priced as well. I thought they'd be okay. Because I was like, wait, did, did they reissue those toys, or you're you're actually looking at loose vintage stuff? Not even like a lot of them are in boxes still. And they're you know like you get the Joker for like anywhere from thirty to fifty bucks. Uh, so that's you know remember the one I had that one with the the flower. Yeah, yeah I, remember, I remember those figures well. Yeah, so they did the, the cool card backs too, you know, and anyhow, the whole Michael Keaton possibly coming back oh, oh. kind of blew my mind a bit, you know, and I've already jumped into the whole bat thing recently, so just kind of stoked that, that fire a bit. Funny how that works. <laughs> yeah, seriously, eh? Yeah, they but got But yeah, you. I was I mean, even tonight I was looking up I want I was looking up like a multiverse 6-inch uh, version of 1989 Batman basically. I love how that's become iconic now, the 1989 Batman. Like, dude, me and you saw that movie in theaters together, man. No, the, that, like, the that movie was we... everything, man. Everything. I was talking to Carlos DM from the Nerd Room about this a week ago, 2 weeks ago. Like that movie was everything in 1989. Like, but I besides our early childhood experience with Star Wars, and then again in '99 uh, with the prequels, and special editions too. But Batman '89, aside from Star Wars, nothing eclipsed that movie. Nothing. Like that mm. movie was so important in those. T two was close. T two was very close. It's so fleeting though. Like Batman '89 stuck. So did T two. T two is a classic, man. Yeah, well, for sure it is, but. Like th- I know it, what you mean. In it the made comic way book more genre, of an imprint maybe. on us, for sure. Yeah, I mean, definitely. When, and when was the last time you even thought about T2 in, before right now? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> you know? I, I own the movie, and I probably haven't watched it in 20 years. I was actually reading something. Well, I thought about it not too long ago because I was reading something that Billy Idol was supposed to be T1000, but then he got into a motorcycle accident and couldn't run anymore. I wonder if How he, weird would that have been? I wonder if he had a rebel yell when he crashed that bike. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Wow. wow. Jesus. Oh, yeah, man. Batman. Man. Batman. Dude, imagine that Batman. rumor's true. That, that'd oh, be sick. I, I actually do believe that rumor completely just because, I, A, I want it to be true, and B, it makes so much sense. Like, just to tie all this together and have Keaton in that role as sort of like, like the Nick Fury mentor type. Oh, nothing also, could be cooler. To me, it would kind of mean multiverse, right? Oh, absolutely. And then you're looking at Flashpoint possibly, and that's how you can make this horrible disaster of a franchise <laughs> kind of make sense. <laughs> you know, I, I hate the idea of multiverses. I don't like them on a fundamental level. I don't like them. I get what you mean. You, you feel it's almost like a world between worlds kind of scenario where it's like they can have a reboot of an entire franchise by being able to play in the timeline and stuff like that, you know? You kind of. You know, Star Trek did it as well in, with J.J. Abrams. I, I just don't, I don't like it. I don't like it as a, as a device to say, well, you know what? We could use a reset from this point forward 
or from all of it, frankly. I just I, I find it kind of lazy. But at the same time, when you present it the way DC seems to be working up to it, it's compelling. But, you know, to circle back to the room. And it's we, canonical, too. It's not like they're just like, oh, let's do this to save the day. No, it was a very cool story arc. Oh, Flashpoint for sure. Absolutely. And, and Crisis. I don't know if they can mash those two things together to make it all seamless. True. But, you know, when like Zack Snyder, when he did Batman versus Superman, like it, he took from so many different uh Mm-hmm. storylines you know it it could happen and it's for sure with marvel and dc i'm not as invested as i am with star wars so if they did that i'd be like ah whatever cool but if star wars ever did it i'd flip tables like i and i'm you know well, I, bring batman in no, no. <laughs> that one would raise an eyebrow for sure because not only would that be weird it means batman traveled in time a yeah, long time ago sense. Batman. I guess. I guess. And we could finally get that Vader versus Batman showdown that everybody talks about. Yeah, yeah. Batman gave him a run for his money in that one. Yeah, Batman can't fight a broken neck. That's that's the only thing. Uh, straight to the hyperbaric chamber for Vader, though. <laughs> Batman always gets his licks in, one way or the other. But anyway... Uh, this is not the DC Marvel podcast. There's a good podcast on the Star Wars Commonwealth Network, which you should be listening to if you want to hear that talk. Uh, but yeah, if, if Star Wars did a multiverse thing, oh boy, I, I, you know, I'm not one to sort of lord over story ideas or story direction, but please, God, for the love of all things holy, don't do a multiverse in Star Wars. Just don't do it. Yeah, I 100% agree. It's, it, sh- it should be like a linear mythology. With a beginning, a middle, and an end. Not these splintered off timelines. No way. So stupid. Um. Anyway, anything else for you with the uh, collecting side That's of things? That's it, man. It was a slow week. That's it. It is a slow week for you. And you weren't here last week either. Boy, that's it. Well, that's the thing. Like, I haven't been getting out there that much. Holy cow. Well, you know, I'm waiting for a lot of stuff to come through again on Amazon, like I would mentioned previously. And, uh, I mean, I haven't been getting out there as much and I've been paying attention to new releases online. There's a lot of stuff coming out in the future, which I should technically be saving for. So yeah, I don't know. I don't just want to buy to buy, you know, like it's got to make sense for what I'm going for right now. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, so if you heard Sith Disturbers, uh, you know that I fell down a rabbit hole. (laughs) Oh, did I ever fall down a rabbit hole? Um, it's long story short. Marvel rabbit hole is me. I'm done. I fell down. I'm not coming back out. And I continued falling this weekend. I added uh, Spider-Man first appearance with the 80th anniversary box art to my Marvel Funko collection. Uh, That's all I'm going to say about that. But I also pre-ordered the third wave of the 40th anniversary Empire collection, which features Vader, uh, Chewie, Dagobah Luke, Boba Fett, and a Snowtrooper. And that should be the end of the 40th anniversary Empire stuff. Please. <laughs> Please be the end of it. Where'd you order from? Um, Toy Snowman, I think. I'd have to look again. You think, eh? I think. Oh, I'll, I'll check and send it to you later. I, I've been ordering from different places lately just to see who provides the best service. You know, and who's and Toy Snowman is in Montreal, so I, I'll get things hopefully a lot quicker. Uh, but I also, actually just on that 40th anniversary line, 
that's going to be what 18 19 figures in that line if you count the san diego exclusive boba fett from last year that's a lot it's, it's they're, a push, lot. they're pushing it. They yeah, they're they're squeezing this lemon pretty hard here. So I, I that should be the end of the line, uh, and I that's it. Like this was a priority for me this year, my top priority collecting wise. And so I've I've got the Amazon exclusives on on order, um, the three regular waves. I've ordered. Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. Uh, I also got my hands on Black Series number ninety four, The Mandalorian. The one that I, I've never seen on pegs, ever. And it still remains true. Um, EB Games came through for me. Uh, I just you know, Last time I was in the store, before the pandemic, I just decided to ask, can you just do a search in your system for The Mandalorian? And so we did. Vintage Collection came up, and so did a Black Series. And at the time, I thought it would be the Beskar Armor one. I said, yeah, can you put that on order for me? Sure thing. And so they called me this past week, um, just yeah, it, it came in, so I, I picked that up today. So technically, I still haven't seen this thing on pegs, but it's it's finally been added to the collection. So I've gone from having no Mandalorian figures to having two in my collection with uh, at least one more on the way when the best car person comes out, the best car armor set comes out. Yeah, so, it's gonna be sweet. And I've got a, yeah, I've got the vintage collection Mandos. All the all the Funko Mandos. I am set now. It took a while for me to get that done, but it's done. Uh, and lastly, for me, finally, Corey, I got my hands on my comics for what it for the first time in an eternity, and it felt so damn good to go to the shop. Even though it was a curbside pickup, so I didn't get to go in, but it just felt so good to knock on that door, see our guy. He came out and gave me a bag, and. I, I'm not kidding you. It was like a 15-pound bag of comics. <laughs> Who do you think to, is to blame for that, Corey? Me. <laughs> you. Tell me it's me. It's you. Oh, it's you. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I I had spoken to you last week and said, hey, I'm going to Randy's. If you want me to pick up your stuff, send them a note to you know pay up with them, square it up, and tell them to give me the, your stuff when uh, when I show up. And so he did. It's this big honking bag. It looks like I've been shopping at Saks Fifth Avenue or something. And I'm like, God damn, what is in this thing? And it's is big and bulky. So I get back to my car and I, I'm just like, there's like a stack a foot thick. I, I did go digging through it. I'm like, there's a couple Funkos in there. You've got nine issues of Amazing Spider-Man, like six issues of Batman, four Ninja Turtles, on and on. Dude, like, what are you doing? That's, and not to that's, mention the Star those are my Wars. my titles, man. Holy cow. I do Star Wars, Ninja Turtles, Batman, Firefly, and Spider-Man. A lot of Spider-Man. Nine issues, dude. <laughs> man, that's, that, that, that's a bi-weekly. Yeah. Uh, they, they definitely squeeze that lemon, too. With and I might have to be cutting my ties with DC, to be honest. For the moment. Like, this recent change like their publication changing to, from diamond i think maybe they're walking that back i hope so because basically a comic that was costing me 3.99 is now costing me close to six bucks yeah yeah that's it's it's gotten stupid so for, and that's a bi-weekly thing as well 
so at that point, I'm kind of drawing the line there, you know. And, but and, and it's a shame because the Batman books have been good for well, since I got back into comics about a decade ago. The Batman title has been among the best. Like it's been. I agree. That's it, man. But, it sucks. But right. It's like, the only DC title I follow too right now. Like, I, I think I bought like almost every run when in the New Fifty Two, stuck with each book for like five, ten episodes or issues. And this is the one it's boiled down to. But they're really pushing me out of it, man. Like, how can you afford to spend like six bucks a comic? Honestly, you can't. And but it's been edging this way forever. Like when we first got back into it, it was you know, premium books were like three ninety nine. A lot of other titles on DC were two, two ninety nine. That's been edging up. It's a full dollar more. You know, a, a decade later, it's they're 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 always going to test what the upper limit is, and if people will eat it, they'll eat it, man. And fanboys gotta get the fix. <laughs> they'll always take the fix. They'll always take the hit, and and pay that little bit extra. It's crazy. But yeah, I. My my pull list is trimmed now to, to basically Star Wars and most other stuff I'm picking up in trade. It, it's that's just the way it is now. I think I'm gonna have to go down that route very shortly too, man. I said I'd stop collecting TMNT after issue 100, but it's been so good lately that I don't want to stop. You know. Yeah, and yeah, for sure. I I get that for sure, and also like Spider Amazing Spider Man for you. As somebody like yourself who does care a little bit about like the the uh, collecting side of it and what this comic might be worth, like Amazing Spider-Man is the best comic for that. Yeah, I've, I've quite a few little ditties in my collection because of that. Absolutely, I, it's, you can never go wrong, you know, from an quote air quotes investment standpoint with Amazing Spider-Man. Anyway, um, my Star Wars stuff. Uh, for my comics, I, I got Star Wars Adventures Clone Wars, Issues 1 and 2, Bounty Hunter 2 and 3, Dr. Afro 1, which I'll finally be able to read. I'm so stoked, man. Was that Michael um, Ritchie? Yes, it was. Or, yes, it is. That's awesome. This is his line. So, And you've got, you've got those issues as well. Nice. Yeah, I thought I'd put them away. Yeah, you put those away. And you put Bounty Hunter away. Uh, and you put Afro away. It's all in there, man. Good. Good. You got a substantial stack here to go along with the other stuff you've got warehousing at my place. That's it. Like <laughs> supporting. I think that's the one thing I've really done. You know, I've supported several charities throughout this pandemic and everything that's going on these days. But my comic book shop, you know, I was sending them almost a hundred dollars every two weeks, <sighs> and then. But not because I owed him it, because I knew this thing was going on. Like I didn't owe him that money, but I was like, you know, he's good for it. I'm good for it. Like, so I did that, and I was like seventy five for a couple of weeks, and then now every two weeks I send him fifty bucks. So I'm definitely in the black with him. You know what I mean? Like I'm well above. Like basically, like I've I've paid for comics well into my future at this point, just because you know. It's a comic book shop, and he's a great guy, and he's been in business for over thirty-five years, and I don't want him to go under. Yeah, no. That, that, well, think about what happens to your your collecting and my comic book collecting and our reading if that place goes under. It's it's over. Yeah, probably for We're the done. most part. We're done. Like there's Think- nowhere else for us to go unless we want to go into the city of Montreal, which I will not do. 
or you can just order stuff online these days too. But there's something about going to a comic book shop every now and again that's very I've, satisfying. I've tried looking. Like there's not many. I can't find any place anywhere local that mails comics. Maybe if we look in like Toronto, there's a shop that does a mail service. But locally, nothing, dude. Like it would that's be odd. it would be digital or just live without. And that's a world I don't want to live in yet. Anyway, speaking of books, the Mando, Corey, he's finally getting his day in the sun. I think. How I was, do you mean, finally? In terms of publishing and, and comics. Like, I think I, was, I mentioned this quickly in passing a couple weeks ago on the pod, but I was saying, where are the Mando's books and comics? Like, I know they're coming. Where are they? And last week, we got, we got official word that they're coming. And. This is the thing. I'm, this is the th- other thing I'm taking credit for on this podcast. I willed this into existence. Just like I willed John Favreau into Star Wars. <laughs> I will. You I'm, mean for the, the sequel, sequel trilogy, redo? No. No. <laughs> Stop talking about that. No, just lots of stuff, man. Lots of stuff coming with, uh, with, with, with Mando on the cover. Reference books, comics, novels a coloring book for you Corey. like it's lots of stuff coming nice. oh yeah you think we're gonna get that story of him running with that the crew back in the day well i was yeah that's just where i was about to go like the comics and novel obviously have me absolutely intrigued sold across the board i, I told our comic book guy when i was there last week i'm like mandalorian comics coming and he's like oh really he hadn't quite heard yet so, yep, you're going to have to clear a couple more slots. Like uh, IDW and Marvel have Mandalorian comics coming. And I'm sure, like like you were just saying, like these are going to be these have got to be prequel stories set before season 1, maybe even reaching back into like the the Galactic Civil War time frame, but yeah, when he's running with that crew. I I He wasn't such a nice guy supposedly. Yeah, we might get a very different picture of the Mandalorian at that point. Target practice. Oof, that's that's grim. What if he's shooting a bunch of K2SOs? Target practice. There's there's tying worlds together. Um, but yeah, like I I I'd be shocked if they were like forward progressing stories. Or maybe they'd be stories wedged between episodes that you know, where did Mando go between episode four and five? Like maybe he stopped somewhere else on his way to Tatooine. You know what I mean? They could do that, but I would. I got to imagine that somewhere along the line, we're getting Mandalorian backstory. I could see the IDW one being current, and it just being some side little thing, you know, that's kind of maybe we'll say irrelevant to the story, but maybe cute and adventurous. Yeah, I think that's more than fair. Again, like episode they episode four, they leave uh, Sorgan on their way to Tatooine, but in between they make a pit stop on planet X and they have a silly little adventure there that, that I could see for sure. But the, the Marvel comic, I would imagine that would be an ongoing set before season one, even, but that like, are you intrigued? Are you going to pick this up? I'll definitely grab the comics. We'll see what the, the novels are about. You know, you're not going to read the novels. Just be honest. It depends. We'll see. We'll see what Rick has, has to say. I value his opinion. What are you saying, Corey? Nothing. And Marie's actually hers is awesome too. 
What are you saying, Corey? <clears throat> that uh, nothing. Like just that I really uh, enjoy their opinions. Sometimes, <laughs> like I really agree with them. All right. <laughs> you know, if if I'm being honest with myself, and and just sort of observing my own reactions to all things Mando, whether it's trailers or cast and crew announcements or rumors, the episodes themselves, Disney Gallery, the merchandise, all my reactions to this stuff, including this news about the books, it's always like this big pop. Like, I'm like, yes! And I, I, I think this might be, like, the Mandalorian show might be my one of my favorite things coming out of Star Wars. Yeah, dude, it's so good. It's like, so good. Having the, I, I so miss the Mandalorian gallery. And, then, you know, when you when you get something like that, I think if you're really into some, like, if you're into it and you get something like that, it just helps paint a bigger picture and gives you a, a greater appreciation for what they have done. And I don't know, man, like, I'm missing it. I'm missing the gallery. I'm missing the show. And I'm... It is it is good stuff, man. Like I, I'm I'm a big fan of westerns. Like I told you that before. So, and Star Wars. So I don't know. There's just, there's something about this show that's just really well done, and I really hope they can continue to make quality of like content with this kind of quality moving forward again. Yeah, I, I you know I think obviously season two is on on the way. Season three is supposed to be in the works already. But the title, like the title of every episode in season one, was just so good. You know, it's like the reckoning. You know, like every one of them was like, ooh, like it was. It had a vibe, man. You know, for sure. Yeah, and but like almost everything about this show makes me jump for joy right now. Like they're getting everything right with this show right now, and not everything has been perfect, but there's been things to love about every episode virtually every rumored cast or crew add to the show all the merch i've been like hot and heavy over it's just everything like everything about the show right now is is ticking the boxes for me i I love it yeah for sure the the toys are really like you said you got your your mando finally a six inch black series the like the rarest gem of gems almost you know like you found it finally in the wild somewhat that's pretty awesome. Like I see you guys got yourself a, a little baby Yoda thing for the house. And I see it more and more on social media as well, that people are seeing baby Yodas pop up everywhere. Even at Depeners. Nobody knows what like that 7-11s. is. Like 7-11s. There you go. <laughs> Corner stores, convenience stores, whatever you want to call them. The place they smell, they sell cigarettes and, and lottery tickets. There you go. Cool. Anyway, Mando home runs all day for me so yeah man we got uh, we got all that mando stuff coming now we just we're waiting on that trailer for season two like whenever that's supposed to come i would i would wager i guess celebration weekend whenever that was supposed to be late august i think that's i think that's the date to circle for any type of mando trailer yeah i'm i'm, I'm anxious for that to be honest like you know there were rumors going around that it was going to be tagged to the last episode of the gallery I was like, oh, it's coming, yeah, but... Uh, Not to yeah. be. That's nope. okay. A little surprise for later in the summer. Yeah, that's that's it's good. good. I can wait. For sure. Um, I mean, that's really it for the news. I mean, I, I 
hesitate hesitate to even call that news if you're not somebody who's into the books and comics and that was all very boring for you but uh nevertheless it it's that the mando book stuff is happening because the show has been such a smashing raging success if if nobody cared about the show they wouldn't be doing this and i imagine this stuff is like once the show hit the service and people responded to it almost immediately with almost total unanimous positivity they probably then started soliciting pitches from different writers for for various stories and things are probably far along in the process already if if not you know some things outright finished so uh, i'm really looking forward to it man novel coming but that's supposed to be in tw- uh, when's that coming out did they even tell us when that book's coming out they did i believe they didn't tell me nah i don't know it's it's it is going to show up at some point maybe later this year by Adam Christopher and then the art of the Mandalorian season one by Phil Shostak. Oh dude. Ah, see, I went and bought that like non Disney one. Yeah. I saw that one out there. I was like, I want to do it, but I'm just going to hold off. And I had no idea that this was coming, but this is like the real deal. Phil Shostak art of Mandalorian season one, which, which leads me to believe that there's going to be one of these for every season which is both infuriating and also oh, so proper. <laughs> they, they, they've got me <laughs> for all these art of books. They're all so damn good. I think I would have preferred to just get one art of book when the whole thing is said and done. But if there's enough good art to, to power a whole book, then uh, let's, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Then there's, hey, a, we might not get another one. We'll see we'll see yeah we'll see because a lot of it's like character and this and that but you know things change and yeah and it's a 250 page hardcover book like it's it's no small thing like it's it's a lot of work turnaround is fairly quick on it i'm sure phil showstack can do it but it's you know it's it's a tremendous amount of work to do these things uh then yeah there's the ultimate visual guide by Pablo Hidalgo, these guides are always fantastic. Tons of nuggets of canon stuff in there. Love it. And a few other things that uh, we'll pick up on at a later date, but... uh... I'm enrolling in Medicare soon, and it had me a little confused. Then I found MyHealthPolicy.com. With MyHealthPolicy.com, I could go online and compare Medicare Advantage plans from some top-rated national insurers, including $0 monthly premium plans, I can learn about plans in my area and talk with a licensed insurance agent if needed. MyHealthPolicy.com has made doing my research a whole lot easier. My choice. My Medicare. MyHealthPolicy.com. Moving on. So this little thing, Corey, Oscar Isaac, will he return to Star Wars? So he gave an interview a couple weeks ago and uh, it got Phantom talking. And I, I, I put this on the shelf for a while thinking, eh, maybe we'll talk about it sometime. That, that time is now. So he said in his interview, I enjoyed the challenge of those films and working with a very large group of incredible artists and actors, prop makers, set designers, and that was all really fun. But there's a caveat. It's not really what I, what I set out to do. What I set out to do was make 
handmade movies and to work with people that inspire me. And then when asked if returning to work on smaller indie films means he won't return to Star Wars, he said, probably, but who knows? If I need, if I need another house or something. So, Corey, do you believe him? Is Oscar Isaac done with Star Wars? 100%, man. Really? Like, yeah, dude, come on. Maybe in some small voice roles or something, but I don't know. First of all, where do you see this character going? Like, uh, he got his own comic book series. He had like 31-something comics or 30-something comics. I don't know. Uh, he's been in novels. He's had his own somewhat short story. He's got a novel like, coming out this fall. Oh, there you go. Like, the character, like... I don't know. It, it would be good to see him maybe in like uh, episodes 10, 11, and 12 as maybe like the Lando character or something like that. I don't know. But from what I gather, from what I've heard on social media, again, this is maybe a bit of the toxic part of fandom pushing things. But none of the big three seem to be super enamored with either the sequel trilogy as a whole or how it ended. The, so I, yeah, I think that's true. Um, like they've been somewhat vocal about it, being like whatever you know, like like their contracts are up at this point. They can kind of say what they want. I guess they don't want to burn so many bridges, but they they've basically made comments to the thing that didn't weren't too positive, which was kind of uh, I don't know. It was it took it took me back a bit, but it's good. It's all good. Like. But in that regard, when I saw this was in the show notes, I was like, how is this even a thing? Like, he obviously voiced his opinion that it wasn't his bag, really. And then I read the whole thing. It was like, if he needed to buy a house or whatever, you know, like, I was like, okay, that makes a little more sense. And that's why why so many of these guys do and actors do these types of roles, like the paycheck. Like Harrison Ford came back to The Force Awakens because they paid him $20 million, maybe more, if you believe the reports. Like... He, he he said it joking on on the talk show circuit back in 2015, but he said because they paid me, and he's I'm sure that is exactly the reason they made it worth his while. Yeah, you're just like no, I'm not going to do that. I'm Harrison Ford. How about no, 35 million dollars? Uh, okay. What, <laughs> what, I'll, I'll give you one. You pay me 35 million dollars, whatever the number is, I'll give you a movie, and they made it work. And I believe Oscar Isaac, when when he says that he's done, I believe that he truly feels that right now. Like, I don't think he's posturing. Um, I don't think that he's sort of leveraging uh, bargaining position. But it's just weird when he says that, you know, it was good to be on that big set and, uh, you know, with the costumes and all this stuff. But that's not what he set out to do. And then he wanted to do more kind of like indie work. But he's, you know, part of dune one and two which is kind of like another version of star wars yeah big sci-fi fantasy type movie but i think again like huge production i I get that denny villeneuve would inspire this is a bit different yeah because the sequel trilogy the more we go along the more it feels like it was made by committee which that somebody mentioned that last week and it's it's kind of stuck in my head like made by committee seems like a good way to describe the way that these movies were done. Whereas Dune and me knowing nothing about it 
it feels like a Denis Villeneuve picture. Like he is probably the the visionary, the creative force behind the movie. Of course, it's it's a Frank Herbert story going back 50, 60 years, but there's there's a big boss on the set, and it's Denis Villeneuve. Star Wars feels like it's I don't want to say slapped together, but it feels like there's a lot of hands in the pie. And I I think for for an artsy fartsy actor like Oscar Isaac, that turns him off. Like there's there's he probably feels like there's not a lot of uh, air quotes integrity to well, to I the think story. Maybe he was so I think maybe he was sold on something that didn't necessarily come to fruition either. You know what I mean? That's entirely true. Because you know John Boyega. He is, he has had his say on social media that eh, he's not entirely thrilled with all the stuff that's happened. He's not a big fan of of episode eight, which is more than fair. He's allowed to have that opinion for sure. Um, but also like the press tour for for Rise of Skywalker was the worst press tour I've ever seen. It was awful. Like it started out okay. But then quickly, I like I I had never seen such an unenthused group of actors than what I saw for the Rise of Skywalker press tour. Like it just it it was so obvious that the three mains especially just wanted this done. They wanted to be finished with Star Wars. Like it, it could have been just that it, it's exhausting to be traveling the world and doing one event after another, day after day for like two months before the movie comes out, just constantly on it never-ending relentless and they could have been just like i'm done like it's been five years already can we please put a fork in this i'm so tired um well, i'm sure also like the fandom and the things they've they've heard and what they were looking forward to to expect weren't great yeah i'm uh, i'm sure they're briefed on all this stuff at some level that uh fandom's intense but i think this era whatever you want to call this era of fandom exceeded everybody's expectations in terms of just fan entitlement and, and vitriol and all that stuff. I don't know how much of it reaches their ears for sure. Like with John Boyega, it gets, it all gets to him and he is, he is, but he fights back on social, which I love. Uh, it drove Daisy Ridley off social media and Oscar Isaac is, I th- he's not really on it. So I don't know how much of it reaches his ear, but he, you know, for sure he's heard through friends that are connected with the production of Star Wars. And he's just like, man, this is, these people are lunatics. Like, I want to add to this. I want to be done. But again, like if, I I don't know, I don't know what I want to see for the future of Star Wars, but I, you know, I, I think time changes things. And inevitably when when Lucasfilm wants to bring back these characters and I'm sure they won't be able to resist the temptation and they will as long as Daisy and John come back Oscar will come back if if they do it's almost like a almost like Mark uh, Carrie and Harrison like you got to get all three so it'll be the same with when these these characters come back you get all three of us and you get a good story I'll sign and I'll get my new house I'll get my new boat Anything else his heart desires, Oscar will get it. But I, you know, again, just to say, I, I believe that he thinks he's done. But I also believe that with the right circumstances, and the right director, all that stuff, he'll he'll come back. I'm sure of it. I don't know. I I think that's possible too. But at the same time, I don't think it's happening. I think really the 
the Skywalker saga is over and Star Wars is hopefully moving on, man. Like, oh, I, that's my preference. I, I, as much as I, even in 20 years from now though, like, I don't think I'll have changed my mind. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's still going to be like, if they come back with these, these characters and say, Oh, you know, something again happened. It's, it's honestly going to be like shrug my shoulders almost, you know, like, okay. <sighs> well, I mean, again, like time changes things. You might feel like, depending on what they do with Star Wars between now and then, you might be like, oh, good. Like, I I think we need the nostalgic embrace of the Skywalker players. Like, let's, let's get as many of those players back as we can. Let's do it. <laughs> we need them because Star Wars has been kind of limp for me over the last 10, 15, 20 years. So let's pull out all the, let's get Daisy. Let's get Oscar. Let's get John back in. Let's see what these characters have been doing all this time. That could be, you know. See, that's it. Like you're, you're almost saying it, like right for yourself. You're like, it's a money grab. Of course, at it that is. Point. It all is. All of this is. Oh, but some of it's <laughs> good writing and art. Oh, it's you know it, what I mean. Like, yeah, you, the I Mandalorian. Mean, I, take it that for example. Like, I get that it's everything's there to make money, but well, that's just it. Like, it's they're not mutually exclusive ideas that you can have a money grab and also a good product. They, it can no. be both, and this, the the the. But some things really stink of it, and that would really stink of it. Well, I mean, again, if they if they thought of a compelling story, like somebody had to dredge up a compelling story for the sequel trilogy, and some people think it's a great story, and some people there was don't. no story. <laughs> I'm they made to... it up as they went along. I don't. I... Like it worked for George. Let's try. Uh, I, 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 we're not going to get into that debate, but. Next time, for sure, there will be a story. I, I don't think they'll ever get into a Star Wars saga again with the with well, I, any I iota of let's make they, it up as we, as we go. They had one with the sequel trilogy. It was basically like girl meets boy, bad guy. Like They probably had the Skywalker Ben Solo thing worked out. But yeah, they everything in between like they they know i think they know where they wanted ray and kylo to end up but other than that everything in between was kind of like okay have at it well we'll never know and and like i i don't i don't even really know for sure what i want to see for the future of star wars i i wouldn't be angry if they brought these characters back unless if it became about ben solo who i don't dislike but i'm sick and tired of talking about Ben Solo and having to read about Ben Solo and everything connected to the character. I'm sick of it. So if, the, if, if future movies with Ray and, and Poe and Finn somehow come all the way around to be actually about Ben Solo, if it were up to me, I'd say, let's move on, please. <laughs> I, yeah, I'd, Kyle, I'd rather they're, not. They're going to go, they're going to bring Ray to the world between worlds. Shut, don't. And nope. they're going to make everything nope. right, Kyle. Nope. Yeah, it's all right there in front of us. You keep going to the gutter in this episode. Stop it. Stop it. Let's class it up here, Corey. God damn it. Shut up. (laughs) Uh, Could you... I can imagine Poe Dameron in a proper admiral or general uniform. And it just... like I can see that in my head. And he's in charge of a fleet, but he's, he's always feeling that pull to get back in the cockpit, you know? I, I could see that type of, of like Bill Pullman as president in Independence Day type trope. Yeah, he's getting there. He's 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 pretty salt and pepper now. 
the elder statesman who still has that old flyboy in him. Like Maverick oh, and Top Gun 2 when that inevitably inevitably comes out. It'll be a bit a bit a bit of that. Like the leader who still has the itchy trigger finger and still has that propensity to uh want to do stupid stuff and blow things up. Let's check him out in Dune. <laughs> Looks like that's the role he's playing. I haven't I haven't watched a trailer for that. Have I'm, you seen the photo? I saw the photo of him sort of like looking down over his shoulder. Yeah, I don't I don't think there is a trailer yet. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that photo kind of says it all man damn he's, he's super gray there but yeah i i whatever they decide to do like if i i'm sure he'd come back if they made the right pitch and they got daisy and john back i'm sure he'd come back i guess anyway. he probably would too in the long run, like you said, like if they have good product and lots of money, anything's possible. But personally for me, like I think his story's really been told at this point. Oh, yeah. And... Like if if Disney called me up and said, hey, do you think we should move ahead with another story or would you like us to get all those characters back? I'd say I would not without asking any details. I'd say I think I'd prefer if you moved on elsewhere. Like, yeah, that's it. even if they're like, well, we're thinking of doing a, a show, a short series on the streaming service, I'd be like, can you do something different? Well, they, I think they've both said, Oscar and John said, you're not, you're not Disney plusing me. <laughs> you know that that was that was during the press tour for Rise of Skywalker, where they said, just nope, not doing Disney plus. And I, I, I'm not putting words in their mouth. I'm just throwing this out there. I think they were probably so busy that they hadn't seen the Mandalorian. Maybe they have no interest, but I don't think they're aware of how good uh, the product is. And so I think if they saw what could be done and, and produced for Disney plus, I think they'd say, Oh, like, okay, I could get into that. It doesn't look like a shoestring budget TV show. Like this looks like a movie. Like it, it, I wouldn't feel like I was sullying myself or lowering myself to do a Disney Plus show. That's the feeling I get. But anyway, that's just a theory. Um, cool. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, years from now, well, this this is years off anyway. The thing is though, with Ray as the central character, I have such a hard time believing that there will be no future Ray stories. And once you bring her back, well, everybody's back. Yeah. I mean, not of course, it's not a hard and fast rule. Yes, you could do a Ray story without Poe and Finn. It would just seem weird. Because that's the second story. Like, oh, they're doing uh, the, the follow-up to the Skywalker movies. Is it featuring Ray? Yes. The next question is, are Poe uh, and Finn? Are Poe and Finn in it? <laughs> and that's the next question. Right? And so... Yeah, if there was anything in that regard, it'd have to be... That's why it's kind of like a package deal. They'd have to shell out. Yeah, and again, it's, it it all boils down to Ray. Like, what what story can you tell through Ray? Anyway, we will get those answers in time. Uh, for now, let's uh, pivot over to the Kenobi series, Corey, and talk about Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader in the Kenobi series. And as we know, the rumor mill has been spinning at light speed over the last couple of months uh, one but this one rumor that we left off the table because i 
I just I don't know the track record of the source, which is uh, LRM, Latino Review Media. Maybe they're amazing and their scoops are just few and far between. Uh, but rather than discuss the rumor itself and the validity of it, I am um, let's we can discuss whether we think the rumor makes sense. That being of Hayden Christensen returning as Anakin in the Kenobi series. And again, we we initially wanted to talk about this several weeks ago, uh, but we kept pushing it to the back burner because we had other stuff to get to. Uh, and we had asked for thoughts at the time. Um, and at the time, our good friend Dave Hackerson hit us with a cruiser load of thoughts, which uh, I think we'll use as a springboard into our conversation about this, Corey. And we'll get to comments from, from Kigo after that. So um, again, an- another conversation powered by the powerful friends. So let's let's check out Dave's comments. He says, As for Anakin in Kenobi, to be honest, I don't really know what to think. Personally, my fear is that the Kenobi series could ruin that great moment we have between him and Maul in Rebels. I was always under the impression that Kenobi's mission post-Revenge of the Sith was to maintain a vigilant watch, albeit from a distance, over Luke on Tatooine. I'm afraid the series will take him off-world on some crazy missions. There are probably a good number of fans who would want a more up-tempo story, but if they're going to portray old Ben in this period... I would love to see a character-focused, introspective narrative in which Ben grapples with his past, at times tormenting himself over mistakes he believe he made that could have contributed to Anakin's fall. Here is where I hope they bring in Liam Neeson and portray some of the deep conversations between former Master and Padawan as Ben learns more about the Force. If they're going to include Anakin, I think it should be either one in a flashback or two when Vader is out of the suit and in his meditation chamber at his most vulnerable. With the latter, we could use those moments for someone like Qui-Gon to speak to Anakin about his purpose as the Chosen One. In writing all this, I realized that I secretly want the Kenobi series to be more about Qui-Gon and the secrets of living on in the Force. Anyway, that's a rough overview of the thoughts I've had about the Kenobi series in general. Will I watch it? Of course. Just need to clear my mind and take each episode one at a time. So thank you, Dave. Those are some terrific thoughts, which we are going to digest in a big way right here. Corey, what do you think about Dave's thoughts? That's that's a deep cut, man. Like, well, first and foremost, I want to say, like, again, I feel like it's one of those cases where there's smoke, there's fire. You know, a lot of people were speculating that he'd be in the Rise of Skywalker just because he kind of came to celebration. That was a big thing. There's there's a bit of a reconciliation going on between Disney and him and or Lucasfilm and Hayden Christensen and the fandom as well like his career kind of took a bit of a, a dive after Star Wars I have to say like he, well, he did probably a, he did a holds, couple movies oh he's done some stuff but it, I, I feel like it didn't do his career any favors and he feels that and also the, the toxicity that he probably he himself experienced was probably out of control but it seems, you know, 20 years later almost, or almost 20 years later, that things are – like there's a healing there. There's a bridge there. And I don't want it to just be that. Like I want it to have a pertinence to the story. I know that's easy to say. You know, it would be nice to have him come in. I'm, I'm all for it kind of. But, you know, I really feel like his true place could have been in The Rise of Skywalker first and foremost. 
and if not, if they make it in a way that really makes sense in this series, I like what Dave said it, and I kind of agree with him. It can either happen in the form of, of a flashback where Obi-Wan's kind of having like a PTSD moment where he's talking with Anakin and laughing or, you know, having a moment with him. Or it can be the, the only other way I see it is exactly like Dave kind of says, like both of them maybe meditating or maybe solely Vader meditating. Like Obi-Wan's cut himself off from the force, much like Luke did or something, you know, which I don't necessarily think is the case. But it could be that moment, like you had said, Kyle, you've been waiting for all these years where both of them are meditating and kind of meet each other through the force somehow in like this meditative state. And they can kind of have maybe a conversation in that regard. Or like David said, you can see Vader maybe in his uh, hyperbaric chamber, hating Christensen, like kind of like meditating in there. Other than that, I don't know how they bring him back into the series and make it work. You know, like why bring Hayden back if you're going to bring Vader into the series, but just have him wear the mask. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. So like the only really real situation is if he's Vader and he's got to be in that hyperbaric chamber pretty much. And if not, then you would think flashbacks or dreams or yeah. what if possible futures, you know, like Obi-Wan tapping into the force and this is what could have been. And you see Anakin flying the Skyhopper kind of, you know, like much like Luke did with his hand, although with two twins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some good points there. Like I I also share some of Dave's concerns and we've, we've had this chat before, but I've always been more on board for a character driven introspective series like that has a smattering of action and not the inverse where it's a ton of action and a little bit of character. Like I, I, I'm on board for this to be a quieter dialogue driven, emotion, emotion driven story with some action. No, I totally agree with you too, man. Like I don't want this guy leaving going off world. Like Dave said, like it makes so much more sense. Like rebels kind of punched that point home. He's the hermit. He's the guy it's just staying on Tatooine. You know, it might seem isolated in a giant galaxy, but this is an isolated story and it's an isolated man in every sense of the term. So it really makes sense for him to just remain here and tell that story there. Yeah, I used to be vehemently against Obi-Wan leaving. I'm less so now. Like if you I mean they've been writing this series for so damn long rewrites and rewrites and here i don't know where they are now this whatever they do whatever they've come up with better be so good that if they've taken kenobi off tatooine the reason for it better be so damn good that it justifies all these delays you know uh, pandemic notwithstanding but that that's what kind of makes me wonder too like if the story's isolated or invaders involved or anakin's involved Will that they, this show have this dual storyline kind of with the Empire and Obi-Wan going on at the same time? Like, you know, or is it just solely going to be focused on Obi-Wan? Or can it be about Vader's obsession with finding him at the same time? Well, and it, well, that's the thing. I mean, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit. But 
like I, 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 one of the things I really want this series to be about is Kenobi grappling with the past and how everything just went to hell in a handbasket for him, for the galaxy. For sure. That, oh yeah. So like you, you called it PTSD and Dave called it like where he's sort of regretting the mistakes that he's, that he believes he made. And we can talk one day about whether or not he actually made those mistakes. Um, yeah, like I, I, I would love, I, oh boy, my kingdom for Liam Neeson in this series. Right. And Frank Oz, like to have them. I, could, I couldn't agree with him more there in that sense. Oh that... man. Communications through the force with, with Qui-Gon and Yoda and the three of them or Qui-Gon teaching both of them. How about to, the cosmic and living force? Oh man! Like attaining force ghost. Oh god, that like what kind of sacrifice it takes to get there, and more to that. Moreover, I I want to see through those conversations, like uh, an acknowledgement where Obi Wan. I'm I'm sure that they've come to this, but I want this finally acknowledged on on screen an acknowledgement of how flawed the Jedi were in the prequels and what will need to be done to fix that based on what Yoda says in the Luke said it on screen. Yeah, no, but I want these characters to say we were wrong. It's one thing for Luke to say those guys were wrong because he's, he's, he harbors some, there there could be some resentment there, right? Because they held a, that deep, dark secret from him about Vader being his dad. He could still be have a little bit of a, a a chip on his shoulder about that, but I want Yoda and Obi Wan to say we were so wrong. And Yoda comes to it a little bit, saying how blind we were, like he knows that they were blinded. But I want like Obi Wan to say what happened to us, what had the Jedi become. You know, I, I just you know I, I want there to be like learning and growth by the time we get to this despite all the hurt and the, the regret and the PTSD, like I want Yoda and Obi-Wan specifically to, to have come to a place where they, they get it now. Like, yeah. Like you see them, they were set back to their actual Jedi roots, kind of like the way Luke threw away his saber and all that, you know, like Jedis aren't generals. Exactly. And, and again, as for Anakin, who, you know, he, he's the character we're supposed to be talking about here. The more I think about it, like the harder it is for me to think or conceive of a Kenobi series without Anakin in it in some way. Like those two characters were so connected that it's almost impossible in my mind to have Obi-Wan's, uh, an Obi-Wan series, as short as it might be, six episodes or so, and not to have Anakin in it. And I, and I, and I don't just mean like he's constantly in Obi-Wan's head via like flat or like oh boy i hate what i did to that kid oh what oh what was me it it feels like anakin has to be in it some way somehow and you know i guess you can kind of retcon that moment too in a new hope when they meet for the first time like no you really do get the sense that vader is meeting him and figuring it out right there like oh you survived oh my god yes don't touch that I don't want them to... That's something I really don't want them to touch. Oh, my goodness. See, that's it. If they touch through the Force, like, they can kind of maybe touch through the Force like Anakin and Ahsoka did 
in Rebels for the first time and then Ahsoka passes out, right? Well, they, and even after that fact, like even after that happens, she doesn't necessarily – she knows in her heart of hearts that that's who Anakin's become. But she won't tell anyone and she, she doesn't want to admit it to yeah, herself. Yeah, she won't accept it. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh boy. No, I, ugh. That's the one thing I don't want to see. Like I don't want there – like I don't want Vader to learn that Kenobi is alive in this series. Like I, I don't want to see any of that in the show. Like those lines of dialogue between uh, Kenobi and Vader on on the Death Star, or between Tarkin and Vader, all in A New Hope, it's really indicative, uh, like of everybody's surprise that Kenobi has survived all these years. Like I, I don't want the creators to be in the in their room going, well, it's nineteen years between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, and that's a long time. Uh, but hey, let's cut that in half down to like nine years that's still a long time so those that that dialogue in a new hope will still make sense if it's been nine years since they've seen each other and we'll make them meet in this series like ah that to like it could be something fleeting too you know where like on vader's end there's no actual reassurances that that he's like kind of gets almost the sense or the feeling that that's what it is and, and starts looking for it or maybe he even sends like uh, someone in search of Obi Wan, and they meet and everything, and then that person sympathizes with Obi Wan, and then basically tells Vader like, "Yeah, like that was like a fruitless a search. dead end. He's dead." Yeah. Or like to me, like if anybody finds out about Obi Wan's existence, and uh, and again, it's, it's the danger of taking Obi Wan off planet. If he does go out, and people set eyes on a Jedi. Or that you know they get pictures of him or video of him in some way, then Obi Wan's top priority becomes making sure that recording that information doesn't get to Vader. You know, and that's sort of true. That's cool fodder for an action sequence, but it's also really predictable. If I'm sitting here saying <laughs> that's something they could do, they shouldn't do it because <laughs> I am not a writer. And it also kind of begs the question, like. I mentioned earlier, like, will Obi-Wan have cut himself off from the Force, not only because he's jaded, but to hide himself from Vader in a way. It's possible. If Vader kind of feels that he's still out there, like, he's going to be searching and he's quite powerful, you know, people sense each other through the Force. Like, even the Inquisitors, like, that was pretty uh, intense in Rebels. They were just able to keep hunting Ezra and Kanan down. I guess there's more than one thing at play here because, like, Obi-Wan can't cut himself off from the Force because unless he figures out the Force ghost trick in, like, five minutes, which I doubt... If... Well, that's not true. Like, Luke cut himself off. Well, that's, no, but Luke can't cut himself off from the Force but then continue to train in the ways of the Force. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, so Obi-Wan is... He's been sent to Tatooine into exile... And Yoda, yeah. so that's it. He gets the advice from like Qui Gon or something like, "Look, you could still play the game, but this is how you need to play it." And then you fly under the radar. Yeah, I mean, is there a way to mask your presence while also training to to Force Ghost? To this new it's thing I'm going to show you, cosmic Force style. If if there's a way to to massage all that together, then sure. But he he wouldn't completely cut himself off from the Force the the entire time. 
you know, that's not something he would do. He can't because we know he's going to spend a lot of time trying to to learn the whole Force Ghost technique. Um, yeah, and again, with, with Christensen in the suit, like, again, like, like unless it's that moment in Rogue One where he, he's in the float, he's floating in that back to tank. And it, it, maybe we get the full-on view of his face this time, which would require that you get Hayden Christensen. Otherwise, why do you need him? If you're not going to see his face, if, if he's in the present timeline of the show, it's in the Vader suit, it's in a back-to-tank, it's in that hyperbaric chamber, something like that. But otherwise, it's a flashback, right? And I think flashbacks make sense as well. I mean, you'd have to de-age the hell out of him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like that, both of those scenarios make sense. But yeah, no, no but, no but. Just either of them make sense. Uh, so I'm, I'm on board. It would be cool if they actually like flashed back an actual moment and recreated a live action scene from the Clone Wars. That would be super cool. That would be super cool. Yeah, I mean, and, and boy, fans fans would be so happy, right, to to see that. Yeah, definitely. I, I would be That's so cringing. thrilled. Uh, cool. All right, so let's. Um, so I, I, I think we we broadly agree here, but let's uh, let's check out Kigo's input. And this came in at eleventh hour. I put him on the spot. I said, "Hey, give me." I, I reached out for comment. <laughs> I said, "Give me, give me what your thoughts on the on the uh, rumor that." that Vader might be in the Kenobi series. So he said, obviously they can't meet, but does Vader try to, and reach out to find him in the force? He knows Kenobi lived. Kenobi thinks Anakin is dead. So no need for him to reach out for Anakin. Flashback dream sequences, a premonition confused by Ben as a simple nightmare. That's possible. They had a strong bond in the prequels. So when Ben is in isolation, it would be impossible for him not to think of his brother and the reasons why he was forced to put him down. It would weigh heavily on his mind. He'd think about it daily. Anakin helped Obi-Wan become the man he is through their shared experiences in the Clone Wars, inasmuch as Obi-Wan shaped Anakin. Also, Obi-Wan is on Tatooine as a direct result of Anakin. So maybe Anakin is spoken, thought about on the show by Ben, but not seen. This all depends on how they tackle the story. They can absolutely do it without seeing Vader. But they can also show Vader. It all comes comes down to how it's written. I shall remain sitting on the fence, knowing that whatever they deliver will be devoured by me either way. P.S. I wonder what canon novel they will ignore or destroy with this tale. Cough, Ahsoka, cough. <laughs> uh, Corey, so what do you think of our pal Kigo's comments? I like them, man. We kind of just mentioned very similar points in that... Mm-hmm you know vader either reaching out for him because he didn't know he lived and that's why that comment again in new hope comes a little more effective but if they actually like that's where i was saying that the bridge there's that ahsoka thing that happens in rebels where maybe they can touch for a moment but kigo brings up a good point in that he pretty much left anakin for dead he doesn't know that he became darth vader maybe that's a part of the show as well though like him knowing in his heart when he starts hearing about this Darth Vader yes. character yes. around the galaxy, like, who is this guy? Like, this, um, this is the thing. How many, how is many this t- the monster I created? Like, Taking responsibility almost, you know? How many times have I mentioned this moment over the, like, the 
life of this podcast, almost five years. Could this show give us that moment I've been dying for is Kenobi's realization that Anakin didn't die on Mustafar, that he left him there to die or to let the force do its will. And now look, he's Vader. Could this show give us that moment? Could like, I would, would hope so. I would well, think so. I, I mean, it would mean the, that Obi-Wan goes in, is high, but it, is it though? Like it means Obi-Wan went like the show is supposedly set seven or eight years after revenge of the Sith. So it would mean that Obi-Wan went that long without knowing who Vader is. It was just possible. Yeah, that's fine. It's a big galaxy, you know, like legends and rumors take time to spread. And when you start hearing about this black masked night of darkness spreading throughout the galaxy, like it doesn't really happen overnight. But once that legend takes a foothold, you know. Yeah, I, I wonder, again, the the meeting that I've, the way I've wanted this thing told, it's it's two ways. It's, it's Qui-Gon in a forced conversation saying, oh, Obi-Wan, guess what? And it's like he just has a breakdown. Or it's like, I failed you and you failed him as a result. Like that, that, there's so much power in that conversation. Or it's another spot to insert Ahsoka. Where she, no, this would be before she realizes that he's alive too. Because yeah, it would be like she only has that confrontation with Vader like four years or three years before A New Hope. So she wouldn't be aware at this point. So yeah, it it couldn't be that way. I mean, it's not to say that Ahsoka and Obi Wan can't meet, but they can't talk about Vader being Anakin, because neither, at least Ahsoka doesn't know. Uh, that's okay so yeah we can we can connect some dots here Corey. ahsoka doesn't know and if her and kenobi ever meet in this show it means kenobi doesn't tell her or kenobi doesn't know yeah yeah that's true (laughs) and it would mean kenobi again not telling people the truth oh boy (laughs) oh boy um yeah that's that's interesting but yeah i really hope this show gives us that we, moment the realization even if it's a flashback within the show to like two years after revenge of the sith to a, a slightly younger kenobi and he he flashes back to the moment that he learned that anakin survived this show has got to give us that there's so much power in that moment where obi-wan like realizes that i had one job <laughs> and now this butcher is bumping around the galaxy doing the emperor's bidding, killing people left, right, and center. It's And it's my fault because I failed Anakin and then I failed the order. I failed the galaxy. What yeah, it definitely loser. makes for a deeper story, man. I would definitely think that's going to be a part of it. And as much as I would ex- expect or you know, be expecting that, it would it would still kill me to see it happen. Like it's, It would still be such a powerful moment to, to finally get that. Sure. I don't want to read about it for sure. I don't want. I don't want to see it in a comic. I want to see you and McGregor deliver this. That's what he's paid to do. Hundred percent. You know what this Dave's comments actually made me think before we like wrap it up here. Sure. But uh, you know he's talking about uh, Obi Wan meeting Maul and all that, and not wanting to ruin that. But like that just got me thinking a bit. 
you know, like, you know, it, it really gives the impression first and foremost that Obi-Wan is staying on Tatooine, not going anywhere, looking after Luke. I called that as well, even though it was a four pixel little benumb, like, yippee, <laughs> running across the screen. Coincidentally, he's the exact same age as Ezra. And in this very episode, if I can pump Ezra's tires, like I, every chance I get to, this kid just tracked down Maul. Granted, he fell into a bit of a trap, but he survived. He met Obi-Wan, found out about Obi-Wan, and kept that secret. All while Luke is this poor little pixel guy running, yippee, I'm having some warm blue milk and going to bed. Then Tashi Station in the morning, you know. Like, Ezra was in the thick of this, man. Like, think of that. And then he steals the gauntlet from Maul and gets his own ship in that episode. <laughs> you like, always got to steal the thunder and make it about Ezra. Dude, that's some heavy stuff. Think about that. They're the exact <laughs> same age, born on the exact same day. Yeah. And Ezra is, like, literally, again, tracked down Maul on Tatooine, put the pieces of the puzzle together, met Obi-Wan, and kept it a secret. Didn't even tell Kanan. And just knew the, the importance of keeping that a secret. Lesson learned. Point Ezra. Because they, they did talk about Kenobi, right? Kanan and Ezra. Not not after Ezra, not after Twin Sons, but at some point before, didn't... Yeah, when the holocrons were... Uh merged the sith and the jedi holocron ezra brings it up but it was never really fully mentioned after and they kind of like mentioned something to him and ezra kind of just makes a point of not saying a goddamn word that, I, part of that's convenience because it can't happen but yeah but it's it's also ezra's growth man as a jedi and realizing and understanding first of all the reason why he went there was wrong and Obi-Wan teaching him that lesson and him actually understanding. I should, Yeah, I shouldn't be here. <laughs> and ergo, the things that I learn here, I probably shouldn't know either. So I'm just going to... I'm just not going to talk about this. This never happened. But that's, that's still, just a, so that's still good, a big man. thing to keep from Kanan. Because Kanan, Kanan's good for that knowledge, right? For sure. They're all like... They, they probably would have pressured him to get into the fight. Well, yeah, and that's... They blow his cover... Yeah, just like, Ezra being there and Maul being there was Obi Wan was on ultra red alert. You know what I mean? Like his his surroundings are compromised. You know, like uh, you're gonna start bringing attention to me. Yeah, had Ezra just been like, "Oh, Kanan, I gotta talk to you." Like, this is huge, huge news. Kenobi's on Tatooine. What? How do you know? I met him. We had a campfire. We had marshmallows. He killed Maul. I think no matter what Ezra did, Kanan said, let's go. We're going – take me to him. We're going back. Like we need him. And Ezra goes, no, 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 no. We, we can't. He's he's doing something important. There. He's doing his own thing. Yeah. He's doing his own thing. This is this is the will of the force. We can't bother him. Kanan still goes, you don't, you don't understand, Ezra. We got to get him. We need him now. And who knows how that changes history. Exactly. That's why Ezra, my boy. No, that was no, he. He made a he made a strong call there. He sure did, and he wound up with a pretty sweet ship. 
briefly, Mandalorian. Briefly. Oh, um, he kept it. Did he keep it? Well, I mean, obviously uh, he took it, disappeared with the Purgles and the Star Destroyer, so he doesn't have it anymore. No, but yeah, he kept it till the end. I think he had his own. Which what when he took off, like when he got Sabine to distract. Look at the tangent we're on now. When he got Sabine to distract Hera so he could go onto the Star Destroyer to face Thrawn, what ship did he take to get there? Uh, Not the Gauntlet, been, right? Probably the Phantom. So, what was the Phantom gone at that point? Yeah, I don't, I don't I remember anymore. Remember. But uh, that's ballsy to steal Hera's ship and then have it disappear into hyperspace. So Ezra does have a ship with him on, on board that Star Destroyer. Or unless he surrendered. I don't remember. Boy, maybe I should go back and revisit that. Yeah, anyway, uh, anything else with uh, Kigo's comments? Good comments. I like that. Super comments, especially at the 11th hour. Literally, like this, I, I put him on the spot half an hour before we recorded. <laughs> but yeah, there's there's all types of, of possibilities here. Like Kigo's saying, flashback, dream sequences, uh, forced premonition confused by by kenobi as a simple nightmare all of those are possible all of them have good implications and could easily make for great stories he could dismiss them and just say i'm you know, like anakin i'm having bad dreams dreams pass in time right that's what he told anakin and now he's going to get a taste of that medicine but they could be premonitions and he just doesn't know what to make of any of it like this guy, this guy's gonna be a mess, a psychological mess, when we pick up with him here, and it's gonna be, it's gonna be really fascinating TV. Cool. All right. Um, that's uh, that's about it, I think. Yeah, that's about it, man. Um, as uh, lastly, like as for the materials that suffer the same fate as the Ahsoka novel. I don't know that there's too much to choose from, like for for like any candidates to be destroyed in that way. Like all of all of the comics are either right after Revenge of the Sith or just prior to A New Hope, and this show will sit in between. Um, and Rebels happens after this series. Uh, but if there, that's by no means exhaustive uh, as a list. If there's any story that floats in that same timeline where. Uh, Kenobi is rumored to take place. I would worry about that story for sure, because <laughs> they would overwrite that story. I think in a in a New York minute if it made sense to. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's about it. That that's all I got to say. If, anybody out there, if you have any thoughts on Anakin or Vader being in this series, let us know. I I think the two of us are in agreement that it's uh, it's an inevitability. It's probably appropriate, uh, so long as. For me personally, that Kenobi and well, like, Vader I, don't I connect. I wouldn't even go so far as saying that. Like, I'd like to see it, and I kind of think it makes sense. But at the same time, it really has to make sense. Like, I don't just want it to be like, oh my god, Hayden Christensen's back. Like, yeah, I mean, if, you know what I again, mean. Like, like if, it if, really. If you approach it as as a flashback, just to underscore like the good times they did have. And to highlight the pain that Kenobi's in now, you could do that, but like without having to like dig up footage from from Attack of the Clones or Revenge of the Sith, or just to do a live action version of Clone Wars episodes. Like if they 
put those two together on screen and give you new sequences, new dialogue, new settings to, to punctuate Kenobi's state now, I think that works wonders for the story. But yeah, like anything in the present timeline, I don't see the... Frankly, I don't, I don't, I don't know how much you need... Hayden Christensen to stuff him in the Vader suit and just see his face. I don't know what that accomplishes, but I'm, exactly. but, but I'm open to it. Like, like, like Higo said, um, no, like I, I know that what they deliver will be devoured by me either way. <laughs> so, and I'm pretty sure I will enjoy it, but, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but that's going to do it for this week, Corey and everybody. Yeah. We're, we're done. I'm done. Done, man. Uh, if you guys want to be part of the podcast, send us your questions, your theories, your thoughts to tumblingsaber at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to help us out, there's a bunch of ways in which you can do that. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, share it with your friends. It is such a huge deal. Make sure your friends know about us and, and the Star Wars goodness that we try to share each and every week. Uh, leave us a review somewhere and let us know you did that. And uh, you can also, if you're feeling real brave, you can go check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. We do all kinds of extra audio every month. Um, I hear people like it, so give it a shot if you're so, so inclined. Go check that out. Uh, shout out to Rob Wade for endorsing this episode as part of the E14 Endorse program, which you can learn more about at emotionally14.com. And a shout out, big shout out to our pals over at the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Eight great shows. Everybody's doing spectacular work in this crazy year of 2020. Go check it out. All facets of Star Wars are covered by the Commonwealth. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Apple Podcasts as a podcast provider. And, and Corey, with all that out of the way, where can we find you on social media? Guys, let me tell you. You can find me at Chop Rules with a Z on the Twitter machine. Yeah, always looking to converse, kind of. Uh, I'm not on social media too much these days, but always looking to. I'm always happy to see notifications, anyhow. And uh, if not, just join us on our closed Facebook group. It's a, it's a nice little safe haven of Star Wars. Absolutely, come check it out there. The group is always growing bit by bit, brick by brick, and uh, we love having new members in there to talk Star Wars. It's real safe in there. It's real fun. A, a whole cast of characters populate that that fun friendly facebook groups come check it out uh, otherwise that's going to do it you can find me at tumbling saber on twitter and on instagram and you can find our pal carlos at zcandido music also on the twitter machine and uh that's going to do it everybody hope you enjoyed the podcast let us know what we think um we'll try to do better next week i promise and uh that's going to do it shut up <laughs> one more get one more in there uh, that's going to do it, folks. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon, and may the Force be with you. Static draws me closer to your Fall away signs blindly to the lines on your face beating.
breathing If only to see you next to me Sleeping Soundly Smiling Not really And over the strength I have, you gave, you bail, and you run. Are you running away?